The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 28. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes of business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. For those of you who don't know, Noah Ronan is a speaker, coach, author, vlogger, disruptor, and coffee lover who brings more than 20 years of experience in change management, human resources, project management, and coaching to her work with leadership. Noah encourages progressive leaders and social leaders to never settle on norms so that they can create the change they desire. Noah's personal relocation experience resulted in a refreshing view of the world that invites you to open your mind and heart to see people and situations differently. This is what Noah calls beyond leadership, where your new way of being inspires and influences others. Noah's book, Beyond Leadership from Awareless to Awareness, Dare to Be the Leader You Can Be, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business, and experience a drag or dip in your growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger, if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change like they have so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-backed tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. My Insight Sunday conversation with Noah was so rich and full of value, I decided it really deserves to be shared in its entirety. So this week, you're going to get a double dose of Insight Sunday in two parts, one today and one on Tuesday. Today, 
Noah shares her relocation story and how she lost her internal leadership when she lost her native language by moving to a new country. On Tuesday, you'll hear more about how her process gave rise to the way she now works with leaders and helps them create the change they desire. And now, without further ado, join me in welcoming Noah. Welcome, Noah. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I have my coffee, (laughs) so I'm ready. (laughs) Wonderful. I hope you're enjoying it, and I'm sure you are all going to enjoy today's conversation. Mm-hmm. So thank you for grabbing a seat with me on the business couch today. And thank on you. Insight Sunday, yeah, <laughs> on Insight Sunday, we dive into the minds of entrepreneurs and business leaders to uncover insights into how their minds work and extract tangible takeaways to learn and implement. So today, some of this conversation might be a little bit different because you also dive into the minds and experiences of business leaders. And so we may be able to learn also from your experience of working with so many leaders. And I really just wanted to start with your own journey. How is it that you came into leadership development, into the work that you do, which I know is quite varied? (laughs) Yeah, so the long story or the short one? What do you say, (laughs) Shai? It has kind of like two parts to the story. And the first round started actually, I'm originally from Israel, if you wonder what's the accent, where is she from? So I'm originally from Israel and um, in Israel, everyone needs to go to the army. Most of people have to go to the army. So my role in the army was somewhat like a leadership coach because what leader as an officer needs to do is for people to follow him, right? His soldiers need to follow him or her soldiers need to follow her. So they need to have that stance, that uh, executive presence that people will trust them. And that was really my role to train them how to be better when they stand in front of their people. So we didn't call it coaching, we called it training, but that was the beginning of my journey with all the leadership coaching And later on, I worked as a change management consultant and very young. I was in the early 20s of my age and I would sit in boardrooms with C-suite executives and CEOs. And I just knew from a very young age that I had that gift, that magic that when I speak, people listen to me and mostly will follow me. So I remember that in the playground and many other situations, just having that experience, what I call that magical silence that people just quiet and then people follow my ideas. It's not always, but I knew I had that in me. So So, you had a leader in you. Yeah. And I knew that. I knew that I was a leader. I remember as a very early age that I looked in the mirror and I said, I'm a leader. Okay. And And it helped me when I worked as a change management consultant, sharing my ideas in a room with executives and also learning from them how they think and what they look at, which was very different than what I was thinking they would look at and what questions they ask. So it was a wonderful experience. And Can you take a moment and share some of those differences? What did you think? What did you see or experience? So when I think about it, I remember that even when I would create a document and I would lead a meeting and then suddenly someone will say, what page are you? I don't see numbers to the pages. So it would be like really small things that they taught me that the little things that can make people be with you in a conversation, right? So very small things that you will never think about because you think about the big things when you get into that room. 
But actually, if I don't have a page number, because I was really young. So that's a messy moment. But I learned from that. I Mm. learned from those little comments to come better prepared in those little things that will make the change. So those are actually the things I remember very closely. And from my personal perspective, my manager, her ability to take me into meetings two weeks into my job, sitting with the president of Tel Aviv University, pitching him. And then she looks at me and say, Noah, do you have something to add? And that moment of grace of her asking me that question as a young consultant that still don't know a lot, I felt so empowered. So those moments were the moments where I learned how those people see other people or don't see other people, what they look at, what they ask. That today when I work with people, I listen differently to their conversations Mm. with me. So that was the first part, getting into an executive role, learning that from my actions, I'm being seen and promoted and everything kind of like, fine, life is good. And then my husband gets an opportunity that our family can move to New York City from Israel. We have two little kids and I'm in an executive role in the human resources role in Israel. And I'm not sure that's the right thing, but I decide as a family that it might be the right thing for the family to do. And we move to New York City. And I know the family needs to settle down and I take that role on myself while my husband is getting adjusted with the new job. And then I'm trying to make things for myself. You know, I come with executive experience, MBA. I think everything is going to be fine, but it's not. I don't find really amazing opportunities. I can't find myself, like bring myself into even doing what I did before. And I was stuck and I also sabotaged myself. I can talk about it more, but I was stuck for almost five years almost five years, not able to see real results and feeling very frustrated with myself and my life, looking in the mirror and feeling shame. Those are things that I understand now. I didn't understand when I went Mm -hmm. through them, but I felt a lot of shame that how come that woman, that get it done person, bringing results, taking people through change is not able to bring results. Mm. One thing I'm hearing as you're talking about it, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about it, is that you had developed and built yourself and learned so much from the environment and in the environment that you were in. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly for your family and for your husband, you uprooted yourself out of that whole set of situation, Mm -hmm. that whole circumstance and moved over to something that was completely different. And then the leadership role you were taking is also completely different. Initially, your leadership was companies with leaders in consulting, and then your leadership was settling your family down. Yeah, and I was not good at it. I was pretty much a really horrible leader. I can say that I became the victim. I'm not sure Mm. I was a leader in that time in my life. Maybe I was and I don't remember, but at least from my perspective right now, the perspective of life is not working for me. That's not fair. And I was miserable. I don't think I was an amazing mother during that phase. I don't think I was an amazing wife. I don't think I was amazing with myself or the way I created relationships in this new situation. It threw me off in a way that I did not participate. You know, I didn't expect that. I thought that I can overcome a lot of obstacles. I didn't live like easy life. So 
Mm-hmm. I thought like, okay, relocation, I can figure it out. But I couldn't. Something was so off. I was not depressed. But what I know now is that I experienced grief. And we had a conversation a bit about grief before. And I didn't know that. And what I explained to people is that grief, yes, there is that aspect, that experience that you lost someone. And in this situation, I lost my past self. And I had to redefine who am I going to be now in this new situation? And I try to control it so much. And even people cannot see, but we can see each other. And I'm kind of like holding my, kind of like creating, how you call it? A, a fist. Fist. Yeah, thank you. I try to control everything and I couldn't. It felt like I can't control anything. And that was an unknown experience for me. Mm-hmm. That was bringing such a low energy in everything I was trying to create. It's not like mm-hmm. nothing happened, but when I look at it now, it was felt like I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm curious at the time, looking back, what were you trying to create while you were I, in your grief? I was trying to create my past exactly the same way. And of course, that was part of the process of the healing. I just wanted to be that human resources manager in the U.S., doing the things I did before, working with leaders, making a change, making an impact, changing processes, taking people through change. And I just couldn't find the same opportunity here because no one thought that my experience from Israel or the MBA from Israel is relevant. Mm, They didn't Uh, see it transfer. Yeah. And it was very frustrating for me. So what I did, I decided to take a certification for human resources, which is something that people appreciate here. And I said, I will learn for the exam. And then when I will have this certification, people will see me differently. I studied for the first certification and I didn't pass it. And I decided to take another few, and it takes a few months to learn and it costs money. And I did that again. Now, again, if I look at it, I did sabotage myself when I learned. I wasn't really serious, but it was in my way, the pattern, that's what's going to save me. I'm going to create that past in my present. And I went to the second, to take the second exam. And I don't remember what's the number of the passing, but I was like six points. So if you need 400, I had six points less than 400 to pass the exam. And I failed again. And that was... Mm -hmm painful, so painful. But what I remember in that day is that I called my husband and I said, I didn't pass, but I surrender. Mm. I surrender. It's time for me to stop bumping my head into the wall and pivot. Mm. And I believe now that that moment was one of the most important moments for me to let go of my past and let go of controlling the future because I was not present with anything. So I couldn't create myself a future or in my past or trying to control how my future will look like. So grieving my past or controlling my future. And with those limitations, you can create for yourself a mm. lot. Uh, There's anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing that you were holding so tight to your past. Mm-hmm. That when you were looking to the future or trying to create, you were trying to take your past mm-hmm. and force the future to recreate it. The same way. Yes. Exactly the same way. That, to replicate, right? To replicate, replicate my past into the future. 
And it's interesting. We had some conversation before the podcast and we mm -hmm. talked about right now we are in this COVID situation of how people try to replicate what worked before the COVID and to recreate that replication into their current life. And it just doesn't work. From my own personal experience, now I do the work with other people and I say, hey, let's try to find a third way to do that, an mm -hmm. alternative way, because this is not working for you. You work against yourself. And that's exactly what I was doing there. So that was an important moment. And that brought me to start blogging because I let go of everything. I had the third child and I just started blogging about being an Israeli mom in the US. So it was nothing about work. It was nothing about trying to figure out who I am. I call it, I was just being rather than doing. Mm. And I think what's important that, again, observation that I didn't know. First, it was an emotional outlet for me because I was so focused on the actions that I pushed away the emotions and the thoughts about the situation. It was too painful. It was mm. too painful to touch them until then. So I would take the exam or I will go to interviews or I will do all those things. But there was a voice telling me, Maybe it worked for you in Israel, but here you are with this new language. It's your second language. You do speak English, but in my head, my English was not good enough. I would not be able to be the influencer with my second language. And with that, I was sabotaging myself. Mm -hmm. I would listening to those thoughts to feel the shame, to feel the pain, to feel the anger that my husband is keep, you know, moving forward and I am stuck, that other people move with their life and I'm not. All those things were too big to touch. So it was easier to focus on action, right? Mm. So the blogging was the first time that I was able to engage everything together, give freedom to the emotions and the thoughts while I was writing. And it was actually a funny blog. It wasn't like emotional or, you know, it was really funny one. And people started connecting with me and responding mm. because it was real. What I realized, and I, I think a lot about it today with social connection, is that I was so lonely inside and outside. Even though, you know, I have the husband, I have the kids, I have friends, but I felt so lonely. And people reminded me when they responded to the blog that I am resourceful. Mm. They reminded me that. And then they asked me to coach them. And that's how I got back into working with leaders. I started working with just individuals and I just got that experience of, okay, I am resourceful. I can do that. Of course, I didn't just go in and coach the people that asked me to coach them. But it was a funny story that if I got phone calls the same week from different women in the US, Israeli, I said, how were you able to get to where you are today? We feel so stuck with our lives. Can you coach us? And that was like a moment of, universe, God is telling you something, you should listen to it and stop ignoring the signs that you're getting. And that's when mm. I decided to go and become certified as a coach. And I didn't coach them, but to this day, I have so much gratitude for those phone calls because again, reminded me that I'm resourceful and I am able to get somewhere. And that's where I got into the second part of leadership. It took me a while to go back to the work with leaders and building on my confidence and my expertise as a coach. But that's how I got to the second round of working with leaders. Wow. Thank you. And thank you for sharing your story. I heard a couple of things that I think are so important and so powerful. One thing I heard is you ended up losing your way, losing your voice when you lost the language. 
when you mm. went to a place that you didn't have, you weren't able to use your language in the way that you did when you were younger or when you yeah. were in Israel. Yeah. And because of that, you lost your leadership. And, yeah. and one so thing I want to share with you yeah. is that's not an uncommon experience in right. immigration. Right. Yeah. It's not an uncommon experience when we go from somewhere that's familiar <clears throat> and that we're so used to and that we've figured out how to be in that place to a place that is so foreign and so different that something as fundamental as using our voice, communicating, mm. is no longer able or possible in the way that yeah. it used to be. There's so much of that that I think is so important to recognize. And your journey, your process, your road, which had so many zigzags, definitely <laughs> wasn't a straight line, No, is so helpful to recognize that you are resourceful. And I think by reflection, we as all of us as humans, we are resourceful. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 